Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh... <laughs> oh, welcome. Welcome. The phone number, if you want to call in, 877-973-7425. In the interest of oversharing, hey, it's just us this Thanksgiving week. We got a, I'm sure people have stepped out. They're on vacation. They're not listening. So with those of you who are here, Oh, you can have a laugh at my expense. I almost was not here when the music started. I sat down in my chair not 15 seconds before we came back on air. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I shouldn't. oh, my gosh. Might as well. Okay, so, so I'm in my studio, in my office, and I go out. The bathroom is in the hallway. They're like four offices on the floor. We all share the bathroom. I got to go to the bathroom. Number two. I use the bathroom. It is, it is now two minutes, three minutes after the hour, just about three minutes after the hour. I pull the toilet paper roll and whoever had placed the toilet paper on the little spindle, had not locked it in place. So I pull the toilet paper, and the whole roll of toilet paper falls off, the spindle falls out, and they all go rolling across the floor, out from under the door of the stall. It's a part unknown. Horrible. I'm in there and I there's no more toilet paper. And I need toilet paper. So I gotta stand up with my pants around my ankles and unlock the door and do the whole shuffle and go find the toilet paper and the spindle and gosh. <laughs> and of course, right as I'm going back in, somebody walks in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can all have a laugh at my expense. It's a little bit too much information, but gonna have to have a talk with the housekeeping people about how you put the toilet paper on the thing and lock it in place. Needless to say, I got back here with 15 seconds to spare, having cleaned my backside and gotten an awkward look at the guy as I was coming back out. Oh my gosh. Uh, I need a private bathroom. Now, move on to other things now. Away from my embarrassment. Y'all, I'm like beat red here. There is nobody here. There's just me and you, and I am totally beat red. Um, goodness gracious. What what a day. Uh, I, I should say, by the way, um, that uh, the fine folks at Lafayette, Louisiana, have me on the radio now on Talk 960. So I'm in Baton Rouge on the weekends and now Lafayette uh, every day. Uh, my buddy Joe Cunningham from over there just texted me. Um, and I am delighted to be with you guys. And wow. What a story to get started in my relationship with you all. <laughs> uh, it's just it's one of those days. It's Thanksgiving week. I never keep things from my audience. I overshare. And welcome to those of you in Lafayette. I'm from Louisiana. It's great to be on the radio in my home state. Now, you know and I know that closing schools during COVID was always a bad idea. 
For the record, when COVID began, I was willing to say when they said put on a mask that, you know, it's not about keeping you from getting COVID. People talked about it as if that was the way. What it actually was, was was to keep other people from getting it if you had it. Because if you blow with the mask on, you know, most of the airflow goes up or down. It doesn't go out. Uh, gravity takes over. That that was the theory, at least. Obviously, masking at this point, it's, it's anybody who tells you to mask, it's a scam. I was at the grocery store yesterday, and there was a couple in there wearing masks. And they weren't in 95 masks. They were just like your standard cloth masks. And I was like... Um, it's not doing you any good. Look, I, I was willing to, to give the experts the benefit of the doubt when COVID started. There was so much unknown about COVID. My wife and I got the original vaccine and, and the booster. My wife's got stage four lung cancer. Of course, we were going to do what we could. Uh, and as I said at the time, that this was a decision for you whether or not you wanted the vaccine or not. But it was always, even then, ridiculous to give it to kids because kids don't get COVID. It was always ridiculous to shut schools down because kids don't get COVID. And there was this theory that, well, kids can become carriers. Uh, They could get COVID. Okay, technically kids can get COVID, but most kids who get COVID have such minimal symptoms unless they've got pre-existing comorbidities. It was never a big deal. Schools should never have been closed down, and yet nobody wanted to listen to me. Y'all, I mean, here's the thing. People could disagree on issues in the beginning about masks. They could disagree on the vaccine. They could disagree on how isolated they needed to be. They could, you had a lot of nanny staters who were very insistent that every single person needed to stay isolated for the rest of their existence. People could agree, people could disagree, people could listen to the experts, people could realize the experts got it wrong sometimes, people could exercise some level of humility and understand that this was an ever-evolving, ever-mutating virus, and the advice from six months ago probably isn't the best advice today, but there was never at any time any data that ever suggested at all that kids were significantly compromised by COVID. And yet we shut schools down. This is the editorial board of the New York Times. In the thick of the COVID-19 pandemic, Congress sent $190 billion in aid to schools, stipulating that 20% of the funds had to be used for reversing learning setbacks. At the time, educators knew that the impact on how children learn would be significant, but the extent was not yet known. The evidence is now in, and it is startling. The school closures that took 50 million children out of classrooms at the start of the pandemic may prove to be the most damaging disruption in the history of American education. It also set student progress in math and reading back by two decades and widened the achievement gap that separated poor and wealthy children. These learning losses will remain unaddressed when the federal money runs out in 2024. Economists are predicting that this generation, with such a significant education gap, will experience diminished lifetime earnings and become a significant drag on the economy. But education administrators and elected officials who should be mobilizing the country against this threat are not. It will take a multidisciplinary approach, and at this point, all the solutions that will be needed long-term can't be known. The work of getting kids back on solid ground is just beginning, but that doesn't mean there shouldn't be immediate action. Money. They want money. 
You know, they could be pushing school choice. They could be pushing school choice. But they won't. They could be supporting homeschooling, but they won't. They just want money for the public school systems. Do you know in Portland, Oregon, the teachers have been on a multi-week strike? They haven't been going to school. Notice that hasn't got national attention. Teachers unions on strike in Portland, Oregon, keeping kids out of school. Hasn't gotten a lot of national attention. It's a true story. The state of Virginia has announced it's going to do a statewide tutoring program. Listen to the New York Times, though. But high-impact tutoring is labor-intensive and depends on high-quality instruction. It is most likely to succeed where sessions are held at least three times a week during school hours with well-trained, well-managed tutors working with few, four or fewer students at a time. Such an effort would require a massive recruitment effort at a time when many schools are still struggling to find enough teachers. So, okay, Virginia's decided to try something, and the, and the New York Times is like, oh, well, uh, we're, we, no, not going to work, not going to work. A study from 16 states says you got to increase the pace at which students learn to reverse learning loss. One way is by exposing them to teachers who have had an extraordinary impact on their students. Highly trained teachers, oh, let's pay the teachers more. And let's keep kids in school 24-7, 365, really. Do you know what's not stated here? The red-blue divide. You know, most Republican states got back to school at a reasonable time. When Brian Kemp shut Georgia down around April of, what was it, 2020? He shut the state down for 30 days. Remember how the left belly ached when he reopened the state. A lot of kids in a lot of schools, including a lot of private schools, they stayed home, but then when the school year turned around in August, a lot of them went back to school. Most of them went back to school. Only some school districts, public schools, didn't. Private schools did. At our kids' school, they went back to school that August. They were closed for a month, and and the end of that school year in 2020, and then for the 2020-2021 school year, they reopened in August. They went back to school. They had to do masks. They did social distancing. They did all that sort of stuff. But they were in school, and they started learning again. Halfway through the school year, they dropped the masks. If students got COVID, they shut down pockets of the school and some kids couldn't come back to school. They wanted to contain it. They didn't want it to spread around the school. What was worse was the flu. The flu took out a lot of people. In fact, that I remember that Thanksgiving, they decided to shut, or no, it was Christmas, they decided to shut down school earlier than intended because the flu, not COVID, had spread so rapidly around the school. Everybody was dropping like flies, so they just shut the school down at like three days sooner than they had intended because everybody was getting the flu, but they were otherwise there meeting. My oldest did a program at Georgia Tech that next summer. One of the reasons she ultimately decided she didn't want to go to Tech, it was just a very weird experience. She had an atheist and a Wiccan and um, a transgender kid, and it's just it was all very, very, very woke, weird nonsense. And 
uh, she was head and shoulders just above and beyond the other kids who had had marvelous technology and access to computers and things like that. But uh, their speaking skills, their academic skills, their math skills, she was head and shoulders above them because her school had been meeting. All these kids were coming from from blue state public schools. They were fancy public schools, magnet schools, charter schools, but they'd all been shut down. I mean, it was obvious to anyone who knew anything about COVID, regardless of where you stood on the vaccine, the mass, social distancing, all that sort of stuff. It was obvious to everyone that COVID disproportionately did not impact kids. Kids should have been in school the whole time. In fact, one of the reasons Brian Kemp delayed shutting schools down, he was getting massive criticism at the national level back in 2020 because he didn't want to shut schools down. And one of his reasons was, one, education, but two, abuse. A lot of kids are safer being in school during the day. And it would be disruptive to a lot of people who work to have their kids at home. To, up in their house. He wound up being right. No one in the media is ever going to tell him thank you. No one's ever going to send him a thank you card. They're still going to attack him for opening the state a month later. But he turned out to be right, and a state like Georgia is having far less education decline than a state like Illinois that forced all the kids out of school or California. And you know where this is headed. It's obvious where this is headed is the New York Times and liberal institutions are going to demand that the rest of us who had our kids go back to school bail out those who did not. The red states will have to bail out the blue states who kept their kids out of school and seeing generational educational decline while the red state kids are going ahead. And you know what's going to happen over time is a lot of kids from a lot of schools in red states will one day be called boss. And they will be bosses to a lot of kids who went to blue state schools whose parents and government decided, hey, let's shut it all down and not let them go back. Well... All of us who told you not to do it warned you what would happen. Here comes exactly what we warned. And now you'll want a government bailout? No, thank you. You can follow Eric around on social media at E.W. Erickson on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And check him out at EWerickson.com. Want to be on the show? Come on, be on the show. Call Eric now at 877-973-7425. Everybody wants to make sure I wash my hands. Yes, I washed my hands. I'm not an animal. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. All right. We got to move on. So we were we are having meal on the, the front porch last night. I did ribs and, and rolls and, and margaritas. And uh, Philip had mentioned that uh, it was just interesting that in the stock market, the way things are, you're not seeing a bunch of people jumping out of stocks and bonds and just sticking money in a money market account. You can get 5% in some of these accounts right now. Uh, and it's like a stable money from with interest rates the way they are. Well, turns out today, uh, bond routes turn explosive in 5% rate worlds. Uh, it, it, it turns out that people are ditching corporate bonds for a lot of companies because they can park their money in a high-yield interest-bearing account or in treasuries and make more money. Dead investors are in no mood to tolerate bad news, not when they can now get over 5% risk-free on treasury bills. 
the news was quite bad in all these cases. Inviva, company that makes wood pellets, uh, suggested it might close its doors. Man, I got out of that. I, I was invested in that company. A friend of mine recommended it to me, uh, it, and it got recommended on a bunch of trades as like uh, the the climate deal would help it, and the stock went up. And I was like, yeah, I don't know that this is true. I got out of it. I got out of it. It has just gone downhill ever since. Uh, and now it's suggested it may have to close its doors. The market reaction to its bonds were so bad. It's not the only one. Dish Network and others are doing well, are doing not very well right now. And it all comes down to the state of play. We are in what should be considered a normal economic environment for stocks, bonds, and fixed uh, income investors. What do I mean by that? Historically, our low interest rates were an anomaly. The zero interest rates, the near zero interest rates we had for a number of years, that's a historic anomaly. And people forgot what it was like because it lasted so long how to do business in the real world, in real markets where there's an interest rate of like 4 to 5%. And suddenly we're back in that and people are losing their minds. And people who've been around in the market for a very long time, the Warren Buffetts of the world, like this is normal times, people, not that, this. And you can make 5% in treasury bills without having to worry about the ebbs and flows of stocks and bonds. Or you can make some money by going to PatriotMobile.com and, and doing business with them. You save some money at least. Maybe not make money, but you save money on Patriot Mobile. Why? Because they give you great discounts. You're a veteran, a first responder, an NRA member, a teacher. You can even get free activation with my name. All you do is go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric today and move your service. Move your cell phone number. Get a brand new one from them. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. You tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name. You get great discounts. And then what sets Patriot Mobile apart is that as their profits grow from you moving your business to them, they grow their giving to the conservative causes you care about. From the First Amendment or Second Amendment pro-life movements, conservative parents battling wokes on school boards, they've been really good at funding parrots running for the school board. Patriot Mobile does this around the country, but they need your business to grow their profits, to grow their giving to the conservative movement. All you do is go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric today or call them at 972-PATRIOT and tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name at PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Greetings. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. We need to step away from politics because this story, uh, this one just kills me. Oh, dear. My daughter got accepted to college. Her number one pick. Want to be my alma mater, uh, Mercer University. She's waiting to hear from Auburn and the University of Georgia, but she really wanted to go to Mercer, so she's happy. Uh, got a little bit of a scholarship. She's hoping for some more. I'm hoping she gets more scholarships. Um, but she went on Saturday. They had this this kind of an orientation day for, for the kids who had made advanced acceptance and could ask questions. And she commented to me after it was over. It was, it was a good day. It's a very long day, but she commented uh, that the number of kids who were there around her at this meeting who, it's not that they didn't turn their phones off. They didn't even turn them on mute. So she's 18. And she noticed this, that they didn't turn their phones on mute. She said there was one girl who kept getting Snapchat notifications and kept opening Snapchat. 
And I, I just asked, I said, well, was she there with her parents? And, and my kid said, yeah, her mom was sitting right next to her, never even told her to turn her phone on mute. And she wasn't alone. I, I was I was kind of flabbergasted by that. Um, I mean, I, I would I, I would be furious with my kid if I was at something like that with my kid and her phone kept going, not just bzz, bzz, but ding, 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 ding. How do you let your kids do that? particularly when the parent is sitting next to the kid. I mean, and this stuff comes up a lot. Um, and and I, I realize, obviously, they're my kids. I got strong-willed kids of, of strong opinions. But my son was watching a video a while back, and it was some... It was some kid, it was a it was a TikTok video, and our kids don't have TikTok. They was watching something on YouTube, and it was a series of uh, of videos, and one of them included this TikTok video um, the, uh, of somebody trying to explain gender stuff. And he just threw up his hands, and he says, Y'all, I know I am one, but my gosh, I hate my generation. It's like... I have raised my children well. And that leads me to this story in the New York Post. According to the youngest generation in the workforce, their humor and wit provides a certain vibrance older employees apparently lack. Gen Z thinks you should hire them for their personalities. They've even coined the term personality hire to describe their self-perceived function in a corporate setting, to provide all the jokes, banter, and playfulness needed in order to set the vibes. TikToker and corporate America employee Bella Rose Mortel, a 22-year-old self-proclaimed chief vibes officer, told Business Insider that her previous managers have appreciated her energy, calling it the nicest compliment she's received. After her series of TikToks calling for an unserious workplace and the integration of Gen Z lingo into office parlance went viral, Mortel said her manager at software company Beehive found the videos hilarious. In a team call yesterday, he was like, before we get started, Bella Rose, do you want to set the vibes today for our call? The social media strategist told Business Insider. Mortel's videos have sparked realization among fellow so-called personality hires who feel their mission is to lighten things up, not lighten someone else's workload. Um, Okay, for the record, we should note that this is just one media-savvy TikToker getting attention. We should note that. And we should note the pattern here of the the quiet quitting and, and and the actual quitting and all these other TikTok generated stories of Gen Zers, but also there's something in the data that suggests this is a trend of young workers who do not understand that when they go out into the workforce they are going to have to actually you know work. <sighs> In a video which scored 6.5 million views, the personality hire plays her with her colleague's hair despite having no idea what a certain project is about, fearlessly volunteers to call the terrifying boss and sweet-talk him into an extension. This content creator who goes by Vienna 
posted a comedic skit about the so-called personality hire, a chatty coworker whose only job seems to be delivering compliments and boosting the mood, which seemingly uh, not doing any work. The personality hire is a client whisperer, commented one viewer. The personality hire is critical to the social equilibrium of the workplace, voiced another. Not me finding out I'm pers- a personality hire from TikTok, one shocked user wrote. I'm definitely the personality hire. I never know what's going on, but I for sure can make everyone laugh, someone else said. Now, part of this, let, let's be honest here. Part of this is a flippancy that's being treated as serious by the press. But there also is a distinct pattern among younger workers who are going into the workforce who, remember, it was they were taking their whole self to the office, that they wanted to be fulfilled at the office by their job. And they wanted the values of the company they work for to reflect their values or else they felt diminished in some way. A level of entitlement in the workforce by the youngest. How is Gen X raising a bunch of Gen Zers who are more obnoxious than the millennials raised by the boomers? I, I am I'm baffled by this. I really am. But there's a larger issue here. School. School. Y'all, a lot of people, and I know it sounds judgy and I don't mean it to be, but a lot of people abdicate their parental responsibilities to the school system. And the parents don't parent the kids. And I hate to use parent as a verb, but you know what I mean if I say it that way. And I guess a lot of Gen Xers who are kind of like, Let, let's let's be loners. They leave their kids alone. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I've actually been thinking about this with, with my kids. So my son and I, we made donuts yesterday, homemade donuts. We got this new mixer at the house. It's the Swedish mixer called an Ankersrum. And um, we wanted to try it out, so we wanted to make donuts. The donuts came out good. We got to tweak them a little bit to make them a little better. And my son last night, he's 14 years old, and said, I want to learn how to cook. I want to learn how to use the new mixer. And I just thought, you know, when I was his age, I was already doing all of that. And a lot of it, when my when I was little, I was a really picky eater. My mom made me do stuff myself, and then I had to be in the kitchen and I had to peel potatoes and I had to peel carrots when I was a kid. Uh, they didn't peel themselves. I had to do it. And, and my wife and I, we just kind of like, well, we want this done. We're going to get it done. And I'm starting to realize that we have made somewhat of a mistake if we haven't given certain like around the house life skills to our kids. We're just like, we want it done. We want it done a particular way. By God, we're going to do it as opposed to roping our kids in and showing them how to do it and teaching them our ways of doing it. My oldest has figured out laundry. My wife has helped her. My son and I, my son is figuring out some levels of cooking because he's an extremely picky eater, and we're rapidly getting to the point where if he wants to eat, he's going to have to cook for himself. But it's the life skills for on-the-job stuff. Like my kids, like we have emphasized them, you show up and you be on time, if not early. You show up and you be on time. You say, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You look people in the eye when you're talking with them. And if you don't know how to do something, you ask and you figure it out and you get it done. But there are, I'm, 
I hear stories all the time from employers who kids won't show up on time if they show up at all. If they don't know how to do something, they don't ask. It just doesn't get done. They twiddle their fingers or if they play on their phone, they don't ask how to get anything done. Kids aren't learning a work ethic. And it's reflected in stories like this. That their job is to make people be happy at work and tell jokes. No. Your job is to provide a useful role to your employer. No employer is going to, for long, pay someone just to tell jokes and not to get the work done. It's like, I, I got I to gotta think that, that if the economy goes south on us, the DEI people are going to be out. By the way, Iowa State today, or the, the state university system in Iowa, has now decided to end DEI programs on other college campuses. They're going to end DEI. Now, if they get rid of the victimization studies classes like the women and gender studies or the uh, queer theory studies or the, the African-American studies classes, get rid of the victimization studies, they'd go even further. But they're getting rid of DEI. i got to imagine when, when, if, if the world goes to hell in a handbasket, the economy's bad, uh, are corporations really going to continue to keep the DEI people over the productive people? Now, some progressive corporations will, but a lot of them, i got to think, are like, eh... Are we more interested in turning a profit or the diversity of our workers? I think we need to make money in Joe Biden's Bidenomic economy. And um, the chickens come home to roost. And that's happening around the country. And if you're not preparing your kids to a workforce, you are preparing your kid to fail. If you're not preparing your child to be able to deal with adults older than them in the workforce, you are preparing your kid to fail. And too many people have abdicated that responsibility to a public school system that's already failed, that's given up on education and has decided to try its hand at indoctrination. There's only so much. It is true. There's only so much we can extrapolate from a bunch of TikTokers and a news story. It's true. I concede the fact, but also it's worth noting the pattern. When it's one or two, it's just one or two crazy people on the internet. When it's a million TikTokers, all who believe that they are entitled to be hired by a company for the vibe, it's a problem. It's like the Osama bin Laden one. You know, the the TikTok said it really didn't go viral. The the pro Osama bin Laden audio where people were reading his letter to America and telling others to read it, that it only only a few million people on TikTok saw it and shared it. For something to be viral on TikTok, 18 million people need to do it for TikToks. A couple million people circulated the Osama bin Laden letter, and TikTok's like, well, that's not really a lot of people. No, no, that's a lot of people. TikTok may be a huge platform, but it's a lot of people. When you got a million kids in their early 20s or their late teens thinking, I'm going to get a job and my job's going to be to tell jokes and make people happy, um, we have a generation of failures on our hands and we need to stop the failure. And why is it well-connected? Oh, I pushed the wrong button. I'm sorry. That's my fault. Going to give Jim a heart attack here on the board thinking, oh, my gosh, he went out without doing the live read. Nope, I was in a hurry and clicked the wrong button. I, I just, y'all. You got time if your kid's in high school in particular. You, you have time to make sure your child learns the basics. Show up on time, make eye contact, and use good manners. 
at the very least, if they do that, they're going to be head and shoulders ahead of so many other kids. And also, mute your phone when you're in a meeting. Mute your phone. If not, turn it off. These aren't hard things, but for the life of me, some people just can't figure these out. And parents, if you're enabling your children, don't be surprised when your 30-year-old is living in your basement without a job and you're still subsidizing them. There is hope for some of us. Gracious. Now, speaking of uh, fighting Bidenomics and and the economy, uh, Americans for Prosperity is out there doing it. Every single day, Americans for Prosperity fights for a better tomorrow. They fight for limited government. They understand that if we limit government, government can't absorb into the economy and take over the economy and be such a high percentage of the economy that we're all slaves to government. They support free markets and free people, and they want to give you the tools, and they want to give you the techniques to be persuasive to your friends and local government and state government on why it's so bad to have big government and why Bidenomics is bad. They want you on their team. Over 4 million people have gone to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric and signed up. You can, too. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. You sign up today. You join more than 4 million people around the country who are in an army of activists with Americans for Prosperity teaching people, explaining to people why massive government spending is bad, why Bidenomics is bad. They give you the tools, the techniques, the persuasive skill set to make the case for free markets and free people. Americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Now I'll push the rutten the right way. Well-connected and well-respected. It's Eric Erickson live every weekday. Join Eric's army of activists. Text ARMY to 33777 now. Greetings. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson. Um, I, I just, I, well, uh, you know what? Let me, let me read this for you. This is from Karen. Uh, Karen Wright, she says, I live in the villages. Y'all know the villages down in Florida. Uh, adults only, for the most part, retiree area. It says, I cannot attend a meeting or activity without someone's device, phone, or watches going off. Even in meditation and yoga classes, which I've stopped attending due to the distraction, sometimes they're expecting an important phone call, but then they could put it on vibrate and ex- exit the room before they start talking. Everywhere I go, people with speaker phones in public places are playing YouTube videos or music without earbuds. I think that every public place is their own living room. So older folks, younger folks who don't talk on their devices but cause these distractions, I'm fed up. Yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, so I, I went across the street from the office before the show and, and grabbed some lunch. And there was an older guy sitting at a table with his wife, and he's on the speakerphone talking to someone, and you can hear the person on the phone and him in conversation as if he's in his own house. I'm like, what is this? I I don't get it. Um, The number of times I'm at events now, like even at the gathering in August, and and asked people to silence their phones. There was one poor woman, though. Her phone started ringing. And she was so mortified. Um, she, her son, had upgraded her iPhone. And she thought she had turned the sound off because she had turned. So on the iPhone, there's the button on the side. And it's the volume control. And she turned it all the way down. And she didn't know that there's a separate um, the place you have to go on the phone to actually turn the ringer off. And she had no idea. She thought she turned her phone down. She was so mortified. She was in tears. Uh, we had to j- j- tell her it's okay, it's okay. Come back in. We we get it. She was she was also mad at her son for having gotten her new phone. But 
I mean, she's the exception to the rule. She was genuinely mortified, thought she'd done the right thing. I'm just stunned at the, the level of obliviousness. You go to church, you go you go to a conference, you go into a classroom, and a ding, ding. God help you if the Amber Alert goes off and it scares the bejesus out of everybody. I, I don't know what it is. It, it's just, it's the world we live in, and there's just, there's a level of, I don't, I don't want to say it's self-absorbed because I don't actually think that in a lot of cases it is a level of self-absorption. It's, it's just a level of cluelessness. One, maybe that other people are bothered, and, and two, also that, oh, I, I just assumed. I mean, I, I check my phone all the time um, just to make sure I've got, got everything. I, I try to never, ever have my phone where it's not on mute. I, I don't want the sound. I don't need the sound. I got the vibration. I wear my Apple Watch so it vibrates when the phone vibrates. I, I had enough. Now, before I get out of here. Voting group founded by Stacey Abrams, once led by Raphael Warnock, faces financial scrutiny. The New Georgia Project, which Politico claims helped turn Georgia into a swing state, it really didn't, confronts allegations of mismanagement and undocumented spending. Don't you love that? Undocumented spending. It is beset by financial misuse and irregularities, all sorts of allegations, and now the group's tax filings indicate the former executive director, handpicked by Abrams, owes the organization thousands of dollars. It, it's just there needs to be a German word for watching ba bad things happen to bad people and being, like, entertained by it because that's what's going on here. But, my goodness, Stacey Abrams' house of cards comes crumbling down. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.